Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. So we're joined by Kevin Doyle, Group Head of News at the Irish Independent. Kevin, how are you today? Good, Tom. You've been taking a look at a few of the news stories going around for us and and you're, you're not happy with the Green Ministers, basically. Well, this is a story whereby the Green Party, who want us all to kind of cut back, uh, cycle more, walk, get out of our cars, get off planes, are then flying business class themselves when travelling on legitimate state business, to be honest. But um, you do have to question why they would go business class when it is proven, and all the scientists agree, that flying business class is three or four times bigger in terms of your carbon footprint than if you sit with the uh, plebs back in economy. Right. I, I just I'm think I'm just wondering how it can be three or four times. I mean, surely the seat is already in the plane. It's going through the air at that speed. You know, how can it be using more carbon? Because they take up so much more space. So if you think about it, I don't know, Tom, you've probably flown business class loads of times. You can describe what it's like to listeners. But my grasp of it is you get in there, you have lots of room for your feet. You can make a bed. You have your your, your cup holders for your champagne uh, and you're quite far away. You can't get Get coughed on uh, by by the bloke sitting Very beside important. you. So, in the way they look at that is that if you had put four seats in there and you travel, you brought four okay. people on that trip in that space. Well, that's the same carbon footprint as all this room you're taking up, and that's basically how they do the maths on it. Yeah, I can see. Okay, the maths makes sense to me now. But but Minister Martin taking a seat down the back isn't going to change that carbon footprint. <laughs> One iota now. Well, you see, if we all say that, Tom. <laughs> then nothing will change. So this goes down to the guy who's letting his grass grow a little bit longer for biodiversity or it goes down to the guy who decides to take the Lewis rather than the car into town. And we're all being told that we all have to make individual choices that when you combine them all together might counteract what we've already done to the planet. So that's what it comes down to. Fair enough. You're 2-0 up at this moment. Um, But (laughs) I would also say that they are working and mm. I was talking to a friend of mine who was in a private company and travelling off to LA and he had booked the business class because he said it's an entire working day. I will arrive in LA refreshed and I'll have probably done eight hours of work. And that's... Yeah, and there is, a, let's be honest, there is a legitimate uh, reason why they do it. There are guidelines within the civil service. So a minister can't go willy nilly and go, yeah, put me up the front and put the advisors and the rest down the back. Um, there is there is a rule, there are rules around that about how long the flight has to be and about whether or not they're actually going straight to work on the other side of it. So Catherine Martin's trips, she was going to the UAE, Argentina, US, they, they were all trips where legitimately she could argue, well, I had to get off the plane on the other side and immediately go and meet an ambassador yeah. or a business person or the tourism chief and yeah I, I can't come off representing our country yeah. And, and yeah so that that is the, the legitimate excuse but it is coming Tom at the same time that right now there's big rows going on behind the scenes in government and you don't see a huge amount of it in the media because mm. people kind of switch off a bit when we start to get into the nitty gritty of climate but there is big pressure coming particularly on the transport and the agricultural sectors to cut back and there's going to be what's called a carbon budget set for them to basically force uh, those sectors to cut back on what they're doing. So it's against that backdrop, I suppose, that all these small things, it's about setting an example, really. Right. Uh, it would be, You will be paying a high price to set that example, though, wouldn't you, if you were taking a seat in economy and you are going into legitimate re- you know, meetings when you get to the other end. It's called being principled.
I don't know. I think it's it's called not having enough no, space I, to, to, be to fair, open your laptop and do your work. You, you don't expect Eamon Ryan to cycle to Limerick if he's no. if he's going down or boat to, to America or boat to America. Well, Greta Greta Thunberg well, did that. It takes but a long time. I think uh, there's a few people in rural Ireland would like if Eamon Ryan took the boat yes, to America. They would. They'd like <laughs> to see him a very a long hair time. shirt, wouldn't they? But uh, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the, she can make they, they can make the argument that of course they have to work, they have to represent the country. But then I think they have to make a very strong argument for that because a lot of people will see it as hypocrisy. But they do that, don't they? As you said, they have to uh, go through government guidelines, civil service guidelines. Mm. So they have to. I would say they'd be quite straight. I'm sure there'd be people. Whoever vets that form, I'd say, takes a good hard look at it now. I'd say they're relatively strict now. I think they're probably maybe not as, as, as strict as me and you who'd be confined by the money element of it rather than the, the thought process of it. Um, but no, you're right. They have done nothing wrong. But it's yeah. one of those things where I think when you hear people down in the country going, but sure, if I'm just burning a few sods of turf, what harm am I doing? And they're trying to argue, yes, but if you're doing it and your neighbour's yeah. doing it, it's that same argument, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. Uh, but in airline traffic, uh, travel as well it's particularly in the crosshairs isn't it because people yeah, are saying the, the era of cheap travel really has to come to an end well it kind of already has yes, I mean Karen Cuff the, the Green MEP was arguing a few weeks back that uh, or a while back that uh, we should uh, stop 10 euro flights so the old Ryanair trick of you know flash sale 9.99 to Rome uh, that that should all stop because it's just encouraging air travel and we should be cutting back on it so I mean it is very much Green Party policy uh, that we need to, to cut back on, on air travel the EU are, are clamping down in terms of avi- or well, they're planning to clamp down in terms of aviation emissions as well so it is very much the one that is very often pointed to along with agriculture in terms of you're the guys who are blowing up the planet. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. See how it plays out. I can't see anyone taking a seat down the back at any point in the near future. <laughs> no. um, so listen, then in the in the Conservative Party, the Night of the Long Knives continues. Um, from your point of view, it's the show that just keeps giving, isn't it? Uh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, we're we're into what season seven now, or, or thereabouts. It, it, many... it, it, we haven't jumped the the shark yet either. It just oh, the standard not. is maintained. No, no. I mean, we told the Boris that it might go too far, but yeah. no, no, they've reined it back now by getting. Getting, killing him off and, and moving on to the next set of characters um, it is going to be fascinating and the, I suppose the first thing I'd say I think we have 11 at the last count although I've been in here for what five minutes so it could be 12 could or 13, 12, 13 at this stage yeah. names in the mix but people shouldn't panic too much Tom because by the end of next week we'll probably be down to two so you don't have to go out and learn out who all these uh, Suella Braverman and all these people that you've never heard of before you don't need to know just keep a few kind of the big hitters in, right. in your mind and, and that'll be where we're at If you do get it down to two though, those two you're going to know an awful lot of dirty things about them aren't you? Oh it is is possibly teeing up to be one of the dirtiest political uh, matches that we've ever seen. If you think back to the Fine Gael leadership contest between Simon Coveney and Leo Varadkar, if you remember that, there was a bit of mudslinging and um, Leo has been accused of being too much of a townie and Simon Coveney was, you know, with the prince uh, who lived on yachts and had loads of money and, and you know, a sense of entitlement. And the, So that was kind of as dirty as that got. This is a whole other ball game because British politics is pretty debased already and there's a lot of rumours coming the parties, out. You know, the Tories, I reckon... You know, they're they're at the top table for this. But there's a dirty dossier being compiled. Yeah, so according to the Sunday Times yesterday, there are a number, not just one, but a number of dirty dossiers. Now, we don't know who specifically they're about, but you can imagine it's probably some of the, the bigger names in the mix. And so it's alleged that already 
two dossiers have been handed over to the Labour Party and within those dossiers are allegations of extramarital affairs, tax dodging, illicit drugs use, prostitutes um, and the hiring of private investigators to dig up dirt. And then my favourite one, it, it has also been claimed that one of the contenders requests that staff deliver their government papers to them while in the bath. So that is the level of political debate that we're now heading for. So they're taking the, the dirtiest secrets they have on each other and mm. delivering them to their sworn enemy, the Labour Party. Yeah, and throwing it out there. So it's 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 going to be absolutely fascinating to see how low they'll go. Because as you say, when it gets down to two, yeah. then those two, at the minute, there's just muck flying everywhere. But when you get down to two, it could get very nasty very quickly in terms of what people are willing to put out there. There's already a, a thing doing the WhatsApp rounds uh, in the Tory party. Um, a, a 424 word uh message about uh, Rishi Sunak who's the, the favourite at this stage the former Chancellor um, making allegations about him having a US green card while he was Minister Secretly, secretly having a US green card I don't know what that really does for you I but there you go his yeah. wife was in trouble Would you bother over... telling someone I Not really No yeah. It's, yeah, Exactly Yeah, it, it's, 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 it, I don't fully get the implication there but it seems to be uh, it seems to be damaging information nonetheless right. There's stuff around his wife and, and her tax affairs as well so there's, there's it's clear he's already been targeted but I see one thing they said about him is that he registered, registered his campaign website in mm. December Yeah um, That's a bit of foresight surely that I would have thought that's a good thing about it well, let's be honest. It's it's ready for Rishi is the uh, the website name. Um, so I would have thought they could have put a bit more thought into that <laughs> if they were doing this six or seven months ready ago. Ready for Rishi, but it's he's not the only one though. I think there is a bit of a trend there that a lot of the guys had their whole campaigns ready, built, and and good to go. And we're just waiting for the moment. And to be honest, if you were going to run for the leadership you probably didn't have to wait till July to do it because there had been so much in the meantime yeah. that had happened. Um, but here we are. This yeah. was the moment at the He's, end of all that. He was on the precipice for so long. I mm. mean, people would be very remiss of you not to be planning for a post-Boris future, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you didn't, well, then you don't deserve yeah, to be absolutely leader. Absolutely, you don't deserve it. I see Zach Goldsmith. He's, he's uh, throwing some lovely mud around, isn't he? He has said um, of uh, Mark Spencer, he's compared him to uh, Bolsonaro. We will have our own little Bolsonaro. Yeah, he it's said. the whole thing is is just getting I, to... I, just, I wonder how low they will go because the, the, the scope to go low is enormous. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, and, and that's, that's all part of the, the Boris factor of as well because what what would once be unimaginable for the newspapers to report or for us to sit here and talk about in studio um, even go back five years you know the kind of stuff that we've talked about with Boris uh, and and getting jobs for women and uh, various carry on and using checkers for his wedding reception just because he can like it's we're at a different level now in terms of political debate and what's actually seen as being acceptable so you have to point in the direction of him he lowered everything Mm. accordingly um, tomorrow's also July the 12th, uh, big day up north, of course. Um, yeah, well, tonight is the night of the bonfires. And um, I don't know, like, it, this comes up every year, obviously, but mm-hmm. I've, the constructions that have gone up this year, maybe it's a post-COVID thing or something, but if anyone's looked in social media at the pictures of the construction, like, they have cranes in building them. I know Henry did a piece last week uh, on, uh, about it. It's It's extraordinary, and it's... The 332nd 
a celebration of the Battle of the Boyne, which um, they, they, they ain't giving up soon. And it, it strikes me, you know, we're going to have this whole conversation at some stage about a United Ireland. And if you offered people the uh, the bank holiday on the 12th of July, we could actually get into it. A good bonfire uh, and a day off but work. They, they, they do tend to be more than bonfires, though. Well, that's where it goes. That's where it gets problematic, isn't it? Because, and and you'll see it in all the pictures, the tricolours, the, the nationalist politicians' posters all throwing on it. And it's such a pity, actually, yeah. because, no, let's not go back to it. We could have a climate debate around this one as well, Tom. But, but the actual thing and its history, and it's like it's so long ago, that it would actually not be a bad thing if we could all just get on board with it. But when you keep burning effigies of yeah. politicians, of people from, I suppose, that the nationalist community would respect yeah. or see as leaders, um, then it's very hard to see how you would ever bring the two communities together around I, it. I like the idea of your carbon footprint approach to it. To I the mean, bonfire. If, yeah, how many pallets if, did you uh, get on you your said, bonfire and you've to honestly, pl- plant not, a tree? It's not your politics. We have no mm. trouble with the, the little effigies of our politicians that you're burning. That's all fine. But the carbon footprint lots. Yeah, yeah. You know? Gary, this is 2022. Yeah, come on. We're a long way from the Battle <laughs> of the Boyne now. Um, I was, don't know if you read the Sunday, uh, I think it was Sunday World yesterday had 25 facts you may not be aware of. Mm. Um one of which was uh, Malahide Castle near Dublin is the ancestral home of the Talbot family. And you can still visit the Great Hall where 14 members of the Talbot family sat down to breakfast on the morning of July 12th, 1690. All were dead by that evening. Yeah, which is quite a, uh, an eerie Game kind of, of Thrones, the Red Wedding. Yeah, you can't really you can't really call these fun facts, can nope, you? They're not fun um, facts. Yeah, there was fifty thousand people took part in the Battle of the Boyne, which I didn't actually realise till I read that piece. Um, and around two thousand of them were killed, but it it only lasted the day. It wasn't a big, uh, long drawn out thing. And and one of the other interesting things because the calendar changed, so that the twelfth of July might actually have been the first of July. But it was 1690 and we changed how we do our calendars and then it became the 12th of July at some point along the road. So, um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of history there, including um, William of Orange, who, of course, was the hero for those who celebrate the the 12th of July. He's often you you probably, you know, you see pictures of him on a white horse. Yeah, he wasn't on a white horse because that would have made him an easy target. He was on a brown horse. So all those pictures you've been looking at of William of Orange for years are completely wrong. God, the press just manipulate everything, don't they? They always have. And um, Kevin, the best of luck with trying to go the the you know carbon footprint approach to that. I'm tr- look, I'm trying to make climate change sexy. It's it's, <laughs> it's probably not working. Do your best, uh, Kevin. Thank you very much. Lovely talking to you. That is uh, Kevin Doyle. There. We will have uh, more for you, including kind of slightly um, battle of the Boyne stuff, stick fighting. Uh, Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.